everybody, I'm the Drunk Phytologist, Dr. Rochelle Lapham, aka Phyto or DP, and I use the pronoun she, her. And I'm Ethan Lapham, uh, also known as Talkman363, and I use pronouns uh, he, him. And this is Natural 20. <laughs> Natural 20 is a podcast that discusses the lore, history, and biology of Dungeons and Dragons, Creatures and Monsters. Natural 20 is also an adult podcast featuring adult language. You have been warned. Hey everybody, we're back. It's been a while. Hello. It's been a while. Well, we had a bunch of family come and then I had to finish writing a paper, which you can all read online if you want, but that's up to you. I got a new thing at work. You got a new job, sort of. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. It's what they tell me anyway. Shit's been happening. (laughs) <laughs> she got here, real. Here's got, she got real. We're here. And also, our good friend Action is here. Hello. Hello. He's it's back. me. He's we did me. it. Hey, we did it. We hey. did it. I mean, I just drove up a road, but I mean. <laughs> it's fine. That's doing something. <laughs> if, you want, if you want to say that that was an accomplishment, we can say that. Hey, it's no, it's fine. fine. After, it's fine. After 2020, everything's an accomplishment. Everything's oh, that's accomplished. a fair point. Yeah, yeah it's, true. it's true. I woke up today. That's an accomplishment, man. Okay. Thanks for being here. Congratulations. So today, we are going to talk about Spiders. Which I'm going to refer to as spooters. Spooters. Why? Because it's more fun to say. And spooter-related things in D&D, but also in folklore and mythos, and then in biology, and how you can use them in your game. Because they're very versatile and fun. So, Ethan. Yeah, there's a lot of spiders. A lot of places. Do you want to start us off with the history of spooters in D&D? So, in the beginning... (laughs) Um, no, we're not going to go back that far, but I mean, you may as well, right? I mean, it's, what is the history of spiders in a role-playing game? Dinosaurs were driving Mercedes-Benzes. Yeah. No. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those, like, okay, what's the history? They looked around and went, you know what sucks? Spiders. Spiders kind of suck. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what we should fight? Spiders. Spiders. But then, but then, in the, in the classic D&D tradition went, how do we make it worse? Because, like, we're just wrecking some spiders. Just make them bigger. Just way bigger and angrier and, like... Give them, like, not real magical powers, but just make them fucking creepier. They live in the bottom of lakes and shit. I don't know. That sounds good. I do want to see if you could show the first edition, because I wanted to show Action this art. Okay. Of the yeah. spider, because apparently it's actually one never... of the decent, like, pieces, like, I mean, again, not, mm. we never want to poo-poo the art at this point, mm. but, again, it's middle school journal art. Like, let's be real. Okay. Okay. This, okay, this picture. Let me see it. Whoever drew this had never seen a real spider in their entire That's... life. Wow. I mean, for yeah. one thing, that spider got a sweet six-pack going. One, it's got a sweet six-pack, everybody. Is Two, she smiling? Looks Unclear. like maybe smiling, but the problem is... There's like is, three different mouth types there. Yes, the, is that there are four legs on the top and four legs on the bottom. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That is not how the spider shapes. I mean, it's this, like if spiders had shoulders, but like they had like a full 360 range of motion. This feels like Jim Henson made a Muppet version of a spider. Right? Is what that looks okay, like. Okay, I'm glad that I'm not the only one that thinks that. Sure. And this but is like, coming from someone who doesn't necessarily like, have a huge breadth of knowledge of what spiders mm-hmm. are supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. But I know they don't look like that. Yeah, whatever that right? is, no. Whatever yeah, that is, not, it's not right. That's not it. Well, and so also, then it's like, hey, we're going to make a giant one, and it's going to be like a wolf spider. And we're going to make a huge, huge one. one. And it's, or, no, sorry. The giant spiders were like trapdoor spiders. Where, like, they would build a web and, like, be underground and, like, grab people. And then the huge ones were more like wolf spiders or, like, they're running around chasing people. And then the, like, large spider is more of just your generic, like, it's a spider, there's a web, aha, I gotcha. 
And then they were like, okay, what else we got? Uh, phase spiders. Yeah, let's make them, like, phase out of reality. To be fair, that is legitimately scary if you like, have... That's pretty dope. A large, a large predatorial animal, like a... a predatorial animal. A large predatorial creature like a spider that can then just phase out of resistance. Like, uh, your weapons reality. have a meaning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is legitimately terrifying. Yeah. And they're like, okay, but then we always, like, let's save the best for last. I'm like... Okay, it gets worse. All right, hold on. Yeah. And they're like, what if we took it like a beaver dam and put a spider in it? And we're like, uh, okay, hold on. <laughs> Let's dial it back. We went from impervious to weapons when it feels like to lives in a lake. Does it like distribute swords as some sort of form of government? Listen, like, you know, some watery tart throws a shimitar in your face. It's no mm-hmm. basis for a proper society. But it's then not. they're like, but, but those are only in freshwater. But rarely, there are stories of big ones living in saltwater. Oh no, mustn't speak. His legend. Yeah, right. Like, but it's like, oh, saltwater crocodile. What about like saltwater spider? Spoilers, everyone. There are no water dwelling spiders. There is a spider crab, but it am crab. But that am crab, yeah. That look like spiders. There are spiders that live near the water. Yes. That leverage the water to get prey. Hey, but they they don't live live within the water water. itself. Aren't there also spiders that can like walk? Like, they're light enough they can walk on water. Mm-hmm. There's that. There are some that actually dive. That, yes. like, okay. pull air bubbles to themselves and, like, go sure. after things. Right. But they don't but remain they don't there permanently. There. Yeah, they don't live there. Well, and that's we're getting into the biology a little bit. So Which, well, we'll get into that more we later. We'll get yeah, into that sure. more later. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, that's quality artwork in its lack of quality. Okay. I'm yeah. glad you thought so because I'm like, that looks like a spider that could, like, roll over and then also walk again. Which literally, I mean, if you think about it, that's no. a Homer Simpson idea that you sit there and you go, but wait a minute. <laughs> but wait a minute. But wait, there's more. And like second edition was like, okay, cool. You know, we're going to take the whole spider thing, do the same sort of deal. But like, what if spiders lived in your dreams? What if there was some sort of even bigger spider that, what are we going to call it? Uh, well, we can't just call it even bigger. Uh, uh, Goliath spider. Oh, what about the ogre spider? They're spiders. They're big, they got eight legs, they eat things. Which sort of goes into the ancillary argument about how D&D just decided the one way to differentiate between the different sizes of creature was to just use the different synonyms of the word big. Yes. Yeah. So, this one's large, but this one's huge. Like... That's effectively the same thing. This one's gargantuan. Gargantuan. I mean, good for you, I guess. So yeah, second edition just sort of kept with that theme. And then third edition was like, hey, what if we just didn't put spiders in the fucking book? Yeah, that's that's funny to me that there are no spiders in that book at all. Like, they kept the phase spider. It gets yeah. its own page. Although I will say... Well, I, yeah, I if, should say no regular the, spiders. If you show the art on this one... Yeah, like the, um, this spider in third edition is pretty cool, other than it has the most drugged out eyes. Like, just that two is... giant cartoon googly eyes. That's okay. Also, the legs remind me a little bit more of a daddy long legs or a harvestman spider and less of a spider spider, you know? But they also it's are like... Too thin. Plasticky, armored looking. Yeah. It right. Look, it, it's a well, Tachikoma, but you ripped the wheels off. That's exactly off. what I was going to say, is that it kind of looks like a, like a monstrous Tachikoma. What is a Tachikoma? Uh, it's from Ghost in the Shell. It's, spider it's, tanks. It's one of those little spider uh, tank okay. things. But they're generally like sort of a pale blue and white color. Right. Like the sort of the ones everyone thinks of. There are variations mm-hmm. on but them. But also but the like, thing is, the jaws on this look a lot like a tarantula, too. Yeah, so just big, giant... Sure. 
you know, so fang. They basically deal. took like three different designs of Spooger and smashed it together. Right, which at the end of the day, if you're trying to make something that looks terrifying, then you know why you take why, make it, parts. why make it look accurate to real life right, when yeah. you can just Comically enough, I just opened this up. There's a creature called a rast that looks like somebody just stapled a kobold head on a spider which, with too many legs. Which, listen, if you go with the argument that a wizard did it, that could be exactly what happened in that Apparently scenario. Apparently they live, there are swarms of them in the elemental plane of fire. Because, of course, that's a place that this would live. Yeah. Not like giant elementals or like ifriti. No, weird spider-limbed kobold heads. Seriously, it was like the 90s. Like, the cocaine phase was over. What were you on? Heroin. All right, fair. <laughs> yeah. Like, the only other spider entry for 3-5 Monster Manual is the Spider Eater. It's Somebody heard the name of, like, Spider Killer Wasps or something. It was like, yeah, that's a <clears> thing. <throat> Give them wings and shit. But then, like, that was all the description the artist was given. So it was like, we're going to give it a spider body, but it's going to have, like, pinchy claws on the front. A two peach. of those. A peach. And then, like, a, a single hooked talon coming out of its butt. And like a spider head, but the fangs are like almost little extra arms, and then bat wings. Oh, okay, so, so but not like fully articulated bat wings, like just the last half of a bat wing. So, so just some bizarre chimera of a creature. It's one of those things that, like, if it could speak, I'm pretty sure the only thing it would say would be "kill me." Like it just it doesn't look like it wants to exist. I am an abomination. But apparently, like bandits will ride around on them and they'll kill stuff. Well, you know, bandits are loose; they'll ride around on anything. Fair. But like, I mean, it's funny that like you know you start out with just it's a spider but bigger, and three five was like eh, we're not even gonna include it. Well, I think the spider but bigger thing when you're talking about first edition lends a lot to do with the fact that. A lot of first edition was essentially them cribbing off of Lord of the Rings. Right. Which is where most people probably get their super terrified notions about spiders because, you know... We're going to get the whole, like, Shelob thing Shelob going. Shelob and Ungoliant and all... Well, Ungoliant maybe not as many people know about, but Shelob, you know, and all that stuff. No, Shelob, one of Ungoliant's rude. Those that either have read the Silmarillion, which is a choice, which I have made three times... Or if you played any of the like Shadow of War, Shadow of Mordor, they get oh, into yeah, that a little bit. Did they get into that a little bit? Especially in the, the second game. They get into the, she's one of Ungoliant's brood. Yeah. That yeah. comes up several times. I will say that the fourth edition had a little bit more variety. Again, it was like, they didn't just have like a spider. Like, there, I think there might be like way in the back someplace among like the, you know, here's just There's random like animals. Here's a things. bunch of spiders. But they at least took, like, the big spiders, and they're like, we're going to make them all, like, medium or large, and, like, one that's huge, that we're going to give the most edgelord names we can, because your options for spider yes, are, so your level four, like, your early big spider challenge is a medium spider known as the Death Jump. Well, that's a level four? Yeah. That feels like you're kind of jumping the gun there. Ha <laughs> ha, jumping the gun. Right. Bang. Bang. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, got, it's got a prodigious leap. I would hope um, so with that name. Where it shifts right. 10 squares, so if you're familiar with 4th edition. <laughs> I hate to think of a creature known as Death Jump, and then the jump just ends up being... So yeah, I mean, if you're familiar with the terminology for 4th edition, a shift is your right. disengage, or your 5-foot step. Yeah. It is your does-not-provoke-opportunity attacks. And 10 squares, in all other editions, square equal to 5 feet, is a 50-foot, no-opportunity-attack motion. That yeah. it just, at will, gets to do... Once an encounter, take this big giant leap and ignore everybody. And that's level four. Pretty solid. 
Yeah. Uh, from there, we go slightly less edgy, but also kind of great. They do give you a swarm option for level okay. seven, which is the Bloodweb Spider Swarm. Oh boy. Oh boy. It's like, what if we just took a bunch of them and we're going to call their attack instead of just bite? It is a swarm of fangs. Mm. Which does have an ongoing uh, poison damage effect, which is kind of dope. And apparently they just go after everything. Like, they're just complete assholes. Which is not really a spider thing. Like, spiders really are, are much more about, like, the, hey, but what if, like, just opportunity? Like, I only want targets of opportunity, generally. Like, spiders right. are not going out of their way, for the most part, to chase down... We'll get into that later. Right. Prey <laughs> right. most of the time. Like, most spiders tend to be trap builders of some type. Or at least, if they do go out and hunt, it's much more of, like, I'm going to wait here and... Gotcha! Ah, oh, he's a-coming! He's a-coming. Um, so, yeah, you got that going for you. But then they just, from there up, it's just full middle school journal. So you have the Blade Spider at level 10. <laughs> um, and of course, they're from the Underdark and our I favorite mean, pets of the Drow. I mean, that name is just so evocative of... Fucking Blade Spider. Like, really? So much. Like, if it does not have actual swords as its legs... The, then I'm, what are you doing? Um, I kind of feel like it's disappointing. I have right. very good news for you. Yeah? Am I right? In that, so so we're, we're going to move across the art here. Uh, yeah, let's take a look here. Fourth edition arts, page 247 in the Monster Manual, if you really want to go digging. But uh, yeah. they have all of them combined into one great, one great spider. Hellscape. They're about to re- drop their latest hot album. Um, <laughs> so you have the Death Jump Spider. Yeah. Which just looks like a big fucking spider. It just looks like a big spider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you have the blade spider, which indeed has blades for feet. I'm, I am I called it! Like, straight up, it just has knives instead of the base of its feet. There are no, Listen. no little oh, spider yeah. claws. They're just fucking swords. Listen, at least they knew what they were on about. Like, if you're going to call something a blade spider, give it blades for fucking limbs. <laughs> In the back is the demon web terror and its uh, poison tank abdomen. <laughs> that looks very impractical, I gotta say. Yeah, no, they basically it's, are oh, like straight video. They're game. like, look, yeah. a scorpion. Hit it for massive damage. Well the thing is like it's not a scorpion, it's a super soaker on legs. It it really does actually kinda of look like Like that. it's a neon green yeah. giant translucent it's, tank. I mean when it when the tank is bigger than the spider itself. Yeah. That's a poor design choice. And then they're like, hey, right. check out these bloodweb spiders in this little swarm over here. Yeah, like, exactly. Just, like I almost didn't realize they were there. In the art. But, you know, there you go. They're there. But yeah, the blade spider straight up just has knives for feet. That's what it does. That's the epitome of a wizard did it right Yeah, there. right. And they get, are used as mounts, mm-hmm. and they do have a, a combined attack. So when mounted by a friendly rider, 10th oh, level so. or higher, they get a ride by where they kind of swipe at you as they're going. So the answer is a drow wizard did it. Correct. That's Which is exactly why it's as edgy as it sounds. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And then when you get down to the demon web pits, because, again, what are drow if not just... Lincoln Park aficionados. <laughs> living in caves, living in their mom's basement, their mom Lolf. The Demon Web Terror, which is a, a level 14 counter in and of itself. Got a standard bite, but it also does get a web attack where it can immobilize targets. And then it's got this poison spray, a close blast five. So they, they just like, yeah, everything within within five squares. Like, it's pretty legitimate. Like, just use your, your cone of poison. Which, I mean, the, the super sucker thing makes a little more sense at that point. By the yeah, way, just... everybody, real spiders don't do that. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, something, something, drow priests, magic spiders. I, I'm going to get the sense that there are a lot of things in here that spiders don't do. Well, no. I mean, there's quite a bit that they did borrow, that is true, and then another part of it where it's like, yee. That's not what, that's not happen- that's not what happens. 
Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, and if you were going to throw these into your 4th edition game, they do give you some, some sweet encounter groups here. So you got your options of a level 11 encounter, which has two blade spiders. Oh my goodness. Two blood web spider swarms. Oh no. And one drow blade master. Oh my god. Or you go level 15, in which you have a demon web terror. Oh. A drow arachnomancer. Okay. Two, I love that name. Two, that sounds like oh, a bad it gets, name. It gets better. Arachnomancer. I'm going to go skip one and go down to the three drow warriors because it's less impressive than the two drider fang lords. Well, we'll get, uh, we may get into driders here in a little bit. Drider fang lords. Seriously, like, can it get more middle school notebook, like, what's the most radical, radical thing you can think of? Fang lords. Fang lords. <laughs> Listen, there's a Swedish black metal band out there somewhere. Yeah, no. Oh, but you never know it because you can't read it. It's just a pile of sticks. But it spells Fanglord, but they'll, spelled, they swear. Yes. All of their album art is in the middle of some some forest and fall somewhere. The world is healing. The black metal bands have returned to Norway. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in fifth edition, yeah. we have, guess what, y'all? Giant spider. Giant spiders. Giant spiders. But you also have the basic spider. Like, yep. the, there's a return to form of, like, like, it's a tiny animal, it's there, you step on it and it dies. Is, yep. Druids would like to scare the piss out of their party members in the middle of the night. All the challenge rating one quarter yep. and below creatures we can get. Exactly. Because it will say, so the giant spider, it's got spider climb, so it can climb up difficult surfaces, upside down on ceilings, all that stuff, no yep. ability checks. Web sense, so this is similar to real live spiders. Which is the, it knows the exact location of any creature in contact with its web, using vibrations to figure out where it was, can walk on its web without getting stuck. It have a bite, it have a web ranged attack, where it web the thing. Congratulations. Go web. Go web. Fly. Web go there. Web go there. Congratulations. Shazam. You did it. Web trap thing. Yeah. <laughs> then you have a giant wolf spider, which is medium. Yeah, which was a choice. Which was a choice. Choice I regret deeply. Um, it does mm. not... Ever having occurred. It is smaller than the other giant spider. Which is a good thing. It has no web. Yeah, that uh, makes web sense. A web But it does have a bite. Why? Because wolf spiders in real life don't make webs. They chase their prey. When you're a strong, independent spider that don't need no web. Yep. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> the face spider's back. Living out on these streets. Because the face spider was not in the fourth edition. Uh, oh, was there no phase spider? In I there? think there were, but I it was not I like with the like... rest of the phase spiders. Okay, maybe you could check, but I didn't. I'm think gonna it was double check. Okay. It, well, and of course, because I only have the first of three monster manuals. That's true. Oh, yeah, it might, it might, it might be in one of the other ones. I think I've got the. It might be in the third monster manual if okay. I remember right. Anyway, sure. Sorry, folks. But again, it is functionally the same. It's big. Yeah. It's blue and white. I do like the artwork for the fifth edition yes, phase spider because it does look like what you would expect a phase spider to look like. Yes. And the it thing is, I think it's the same art. Spider climb, web walker, the whole thing's got a bite. But it also has what's called the ethereal jaunt, which mm. is as a bonus action. It can magically shift to the from the material plane to the ethereal plane or vice versa. So it can just pop out of the, our dimension into a different dimension and then come back. Is that fourth, uh, fourth, fourth edition's edition. art? Mm-hmm. That one's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Again, it's, it's still on that like blue and white kind of ethereal, ethereal looking. hide in the mists of the ethereal plane. But the rest of its stats are very similar to the giant spider, actually. Right. Yeah. Except it's, it's a giant basically spider. It's, it's a giant spider that does the, the, the ethereal the jaunt. jaunt. The ethereal yep. Which jaunt. I believe goes back to, might even be first edition. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, the, it's, the it's term. Awesome. And then they also have just spider, tiny beast. It yeah. has one hit point. It has spider climb. It has web sense. It has a bite. 
It is one piercing damage. I was about to say, that bite is probably not that that extensive. But you will get poisoned if you don't make the DC 9 constitution mm, saving throw. Well, there is that. So you could put a spider in somebody's pillow. <laughs> bite, a, bite a feeble person. Bite a feeble person. Yeah, they don't call make it them the slightly more John. feeble. Yep. But it is the phase door was the term in, in first edition. Okay, okay. But you also, to, in the first edition, you could combat them by rubbing oil of etherealness on your weapons and armor. That you could phase yourself into phase with the phase fighters' bullshit. Is everybody's phased in now? Mm-hmm. You know, phased in, phased out. Well, I mean, that's why we don't have and first, first edition about? anymore nope, because wait. it was phased out. Yeah, realign the VHF aerial. Move the rabbit ear antennas around. Mm-hmm. I don't know what other old person references we can make <laughs> here in this space. I think we've done enough. All right, so now we have the swarm of spiders. What about spiders but men? Is it? Is it? Yeah, is it a swarm of spiders? Is that what it is? Yes. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. Very complicated, I know. Uh, they like, can also do the climb just... and the web sense and the web walking. I know you're stunned. It's I'm stunned! I know. It's I did not expect consistency in these monsters. Hey, you know, sometimes... <laughs> consistency in my D&D? Consistency in my D&D? What? The only other spider sort of entry that we found. In oh, yes. Oh, for um, spider specific. Yeah, yeah. while I while I look up, are spider like creatures? Spider adjacent. Yes. Spider adjacent entities. I mean, this and, and even this one is really kind of spider adjacent. If you want to get your like God of War, Magic the Gathering, Dark Souls type feel going, <laughs> Mythic Odysseys of Theros, way at the back, page two forty eight, the Mythic Monsters section, in which you can fight you know straight up Dark Souls bosses. You have Arasta of the Endless Web, who, uh... Ooh, I really you know. don't, ooh. No. Oh, yeah, no, the art is exactly oh, no, yeah, the things no, you, you don't want. Yeah, mm-hmm. you don't want it. No. It's so many things. Because the web is her hair. That, too. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and she's, like, covered in her children as armor. Yeah. Mm. It's, yeah. It's, it's nope. a thing. That, that is very wolf spider E. We will go over that later. Yeah, but, you know, Challenge 21, like, you're this is not something that you're going to want to run into before you are of such a, a tier that, like, you would be fighting gods. All sorts of just nastiness involved here. Immune to poison, has a blind sight, so you know, sort of like a web sense. Able to spider climb, but does just crazy things like regenerating her hair and dealing force damage and ending spells on things that are in the hair, or dealing poison damage via the web. Ooh, even better. But you don't you, even have to do the fangs. But if yeah, you do, no, it's which literally she does have plenty, and they are real mean looking. She's got the whole like Baron von Underbite. Like, but it's just all fangs. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's it's fangs all the way down. And up. But the the real kicker to it is that if you manage to take down all 300 of those big, tasty hit points, yep. she has a trait in which she immediately regains 200 hit points, and her children swarm over her body to form armor and give her 100 additional temporary hit points. And unlock new legendary actions, known as mythic actions. That was like the old version of... I, for all I know, it could be the new version, too. Of, so you uh, kill her, and then you have to do it again. Right. Yeah, it's it was, the full Dark Souls. Like You get to the end, and then a second health bar appears. Well, I was, was going to say, the way they designed Cthulhu in Call of Cthulhu, he was specifically designed that you could not defeat him. Right. Because in addition to having a huge sack of hit points, the final thing that he did was regain all of his hit points. Yeah. And I, th- I don't think there was, a, there was a, a cooldown on that. So it was literally just a thing of, like, if you manage... If you somehow, some way, in this game that is designed specifically to, to make this. your character infinitely disposable, 
And so you couldn't get to this point. But if you manage to do it, yeah, he's just going to bring them all back. Yeah, this at least gives you a, an entire short rest before that Before recharges. that happens again. As long as you get the 600 down before the next short rest, you're fine. So don't let her get the rest. I do like that. I yeah. do. But again, like, as... As an end game as material. As an end game thing. Do we want to go over Spooter adjacent things? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, want, to, I want to do it for sure. Okay, so also in 5th edition we have what are called Entercaps. And so, they've got quite the history. Yes. Entercap are one of those creatures that like has existed the whole time, but they're not like owl bears that like Everybody sort like of permeated like... the consciousness mm-hmm. of people for the most part. Entercaps. So uh, should I should I read the lore? Yeah, here? let's or do it. Yeah. So Entercaps are humanoid spiders right. that tend to feed and watch over spiders the way a shepherd oversees a flock of sheep. They layer deep in remote forests. Fine strands of silk stream from glands in the enter- Entercap's abdomen, letting it shoot sticky strands of webbing to bind and trap and strangle its victims. It can also use its webbing to fashion elaborate snares and nets, which often festoon its lair. They are quiet killers. When travelers and explorers venture into an Entercap's territory, the Entercap stalks them. Some meet their end wandering blindly into traps or sections of forest enclosed by webs. Others, the Entercap garrotes with strands of webs or envenoms with its poisonous bite. Now, garrote, everybody, is some Entercaps like to strangle prey using garrotes fashioned from webbing. This is basically a noose. An Entercap so armed gains the following action option, which places it, which it uses in place of its claws. Web garrote melee attack, reach five feet. Against the Entercap has advantage on the attack roll. You get bludgeoning damage basically around the throat, and it grapples you, and the target can't breathe. Comes up and just. You took like a string or a belt, but instead it's made of web, and they just. Yeah, the the most spooky of piano wire. Yeah. The thing is, is like if you're gonna use an editor cap in a story, you probably want to do it in some something similar to a slasher flick. Mm-hmm. The kids went into the wrong forest, and now yeah. you know, this very quiet, unassuming person that is also a spider thing. Sylvan despoilers. Though they dwell in the wilds, Entercaps have no desire to live in harmony with nature. A forest infested with Entercaps transforms into a gloomy place, choked with webs and infested with giant spiders, giant insects, and other sinister predators. Creatures that wander too far in such a wood are soon lost in a maze of webs that dangle with the bones and lost treasures of the Entercaps' victims. Enemies of the Fae. Entercaps are natural enemies of fey creatures. The foul creatures set web snares to catch sprites and pixies, which they hungrily devour, and will encase a dryad's tree in webbing in a vain attempt to trap the dryad. Otherwise, timid fey will sometimes approach outsiders for help in dealing with an Entercap infestation, being ill-equipped to deal with the malevolent creatures themselves. They have the spider climb, the web sense. They have multi-attack, which is one bite, and now we have claws. And then also the web recharge attack. First edition. That's the but first edition. But they are edition. much smutter. They're much smutter than the. Yeah, we're over here looking at art, and let me tell you, the first edition. I don't but have look the, at the first edition version of an editor cap. I don't what the, the hell is that? I don't have the fiend Ooh. folio on hand. Okay, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, like Next. there's nothing spider-like. It's just a real hairy, ugly dude. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, it really. It's is, like it, you shaved a bigfoot and then yeah. just said, "Hey, look, it's a spider person." Yeah. But like, wh- but why? Yeah, we we shaved a bear. It's Bigfoot. Like that's that's yeah, what we're dealing with. At least with. the current editor cap has the same kind of. They mouth sort of look like. Yeah, sort of, they're awful they, bulbous, and they kind of have the spider claw sort of deal. deal? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, honestly, their art in like fourth edition to me is the most, or even three five is really more alien. Yeah. 
second edition also is just strange. It's like a leopard-spotted chimpanzee. I, see, I remember the second edition one, and it did look bizarre. And, like, again, someone tried to approximate the notion of what a spider person would look like. Mm. But they went more towards the person. Yeah, yeah they no, didn't quite get there. Right. The fingers being that long is also a bizarre choice that I don't really get. Unless like, the they third were... edition, straight up, like, that's straight out of X-Files. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, like, third, third edition one is good. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. But, like, 4th edition just went, like, full roach from MIB. They did. Well, they gave look. them a weapon that doesn't... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. There, there were some choices made, but, like... It's not it's awful. Not it's not awful, but it's, it's, it's a different Again, it direction. gets away from the, the spider person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The 5th edition one just looks like it wants to sell me diabetic supplies. It does just look just a, bit a little fruit- bit. It does look a bit fruity. Mm-hmm. Like, like if, you, <laughs> if you swapped the fangs as just a big droopy mustache, like, it's there. It's, it's going to run up on you and go, diabetes. 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 <laughs> so should we talk about dryers? Spider beetles. Let's talk about dryers. Because we haven't talked enough about the edgelords of the underdark Oh, don't yet. worry. We're, we're bringing some stuff we'll we mentioned bring earlier. Bringing it all in. So but do we still have fang lords in 5th edition? Wait a second. I want to know. Give me a second. So the drow, I don't know if you're all familiar with drow. They are dark elves. They live in the underdark. That's kind of what you need to know. Super edgelords. They worship the spider goddess known as Lolf. She doesn't know they exist. Yep. Yeah, so, that's that's not true. That's but, that's like, arguably <laughs> the best part of all of that is that it's such it's such a parasocial relationship that they have with their own goddess mm-hmm. and she, with each other. Honestly, she's their favorite streamer. Yeah, um, they all watch her religiously. Yeah, and like yet both, she could both not metaphysically and otherwise. She could not be bothered to interact yeah. with them in any capacity other than to punish them. Yeah, like oh, you got too close to me and you're creepy. You have a spider body now. Yeah. yeah. No, here we go. So, Drider, yeah. when a drow shows great promise, Lolf summons it. Ah, Lolf. Right? To yeah. the demon web pits. Oh, yeah. They're oh, still no. there. That name has been there since the beginning. For yeah. a test of faith and strength. Yep. That's Those that it. pass the test rise higher in the Spider Queen's favor. Yeah, they do. Those that fail are transformed into Driders, a horrid hybrid of a drow and a giant spider that serves as a living reminder of Lolf's power. Only drow can be turned into driders, and the power to create these creatures resides with Lolf alone. You do wonder that if, if there was a point where R.A. Salvatore, if he could have known that at some point in the future, LOL was going, was going to be the acronym for Laugh Out Loud, if he maybe would have changed the name of this, the spider goddess. Yeah. yeah. Too late now. Too late. Scarred Or Or, or, or had not have like gone with just... Because it's like... I, I gotta think that when he was first putting this together, like, it was a semi-serious project, but it was like, look, the names don't have to be all that intense. Like, look at what we're working with here. Like, yeah. it's just a game where some people have fun and we want to give them something it's cool. bad enough I'm giving the city the ridiculous name, Menzo Baranzan. Yeah, oh, you're very... <laughs> yes, scarred for life. Drow transformed into driders returned to the material plane as twisted and debased creatures driven by madness yes they, they are. disappear into the underdark to become hermits and hunters either wandering alone or leading packs of giant spiders on rare occasion a drider returns to the fringes of drow society despite its curse most often to fulfill some long-standing vow or vendetta from its former life drow fear and shun the driders holding them in lower esteem than slaves however they tolerate the presence of these creatures as living representatives of lolth's will and a reminder of the fate that awaits all who fail the Spider Queen. So imagine Spider Centaur. Essentially. That is what you have. Yeah. Spider Tar. Spider Tar, as it were. They are large monstrosity, chaotic evil, have lots of hit points. They have fey ancestry because they used to be drow. They have innate spellcasting ability. 
for the same reason. They have the spider climb. They have sunlight sensitivity because drow. Because the drow. Web, web walk, same thing. Multi-attack, which they can do a bite attack now. Yeah. Yeah. But also have... Oh, they always had that. That's about to say, to be fair, long every creature has, has a bite, bite attack. attack. It's true. Long sword or long bow. But the thing is, now their bite... Elf shit. But yeah. now their bite is poison. Right. See, I mean, again, it depends on well, what you listen, do. Listen, if you really don't brush your teeth for a long-ass time... I mean, I guess that's if true. If you eat Italian and you're chasing a vampire... Listen, mm. garlic is... Yeah. <laughs> and so then they have a bunch of spells that they can innately cast sometimes if you want to beef them up. Let's right. just throw back to Lolf, though, because I was looking to see, like, where did that come from? And apparently it was originally a Gary Gygax creation for Oh, Greyhawk. okay, so Har- Salvatore didn't make him up. Okay. But but Salvatore certainly expanded, ran with it. Expanded upon it. But That's just true. the list of titles started to get to me, because, like, a lot of them are obvious, like, you know, Spider Queen, Queen of Spiders, Demon Queen of Spiders, Demon Queen of the Abyss, Queen of the Demon Web Pits, Weaver of Chaos, getting a little out there, but all right. A lot of those seem to write, write themselves, L- you know. Lolf the Hunted, and, like, first of all, whatever's hunting that, I'm terrified. Sure. Oh, well, um, I mean, you should be, because, yeah. Dark Mother of All Drow, Lady of Spiders. But the one that caught me out was the Mother of Lusts. Yeah, okay. Like, sure, I'm assuming as a giant spider you got that booty, but like... But also, listen, don't kink shame. You know, just because some people are into it. I mean, it doesn't listen, mean... whips and webs? Like, there's something there, I feel like? Webs and chains? There's got to be a subreddit somewhere. I'm sure. Okay, so... But just, it was like... All the rest of them, like you said, they wrote themselves, and then I'm just like, and the mother of lust. Sure, why not? Sure, why not? Of course, why not? I, I, would, I would venture a guess that she is not called the mother of lusts anymore. I think that that was a choice that someone in previous editions of yeah, probably. the D&D decided, like, oh, let's call her the mother of lusts. And then everybody else said, and the fly even. Jeff, what are you talking, talking about? about? How dare you? What are you doing? Go home. How long have you been here? Call your wife. <laughs> For the love of God. For the love of God. All your, right. your daughter misses you. <laughs> you have been spending way too long staring at spiders. It's think, time to go home. I think, go I think home. we've built too much of this uh, lore about Jeff. Here. Yeah, I think, no, I think, I think, I I think, think so. So then I guess the next question is, do we want to go into spiders and folklore? Yeah, we, we can do that. that. Yeah, let's 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 get, so, go there because otherwise, so y'all, we're hear... yeah, spiders are awesome, and so then you put them in the monster manual because duh, but, or don't. I mean, or for three, don't five. for three five because whatever. whatever. Yeah, in the case of three five, you just decide that. Uh, yeah. You know. Although, I mean, they still had the face spider. You said. Yeah. I imagine the edder cap and the and we didn't look, but I imagine the edder cap and the dried air are still in there. Mm-hmm. Just because there's. That's more than the just drider the spider. The for sure. That, yeah, the drider definitely. Mm-hmm. And, and the edder cap, I believe, is in there too. But, but again, it's one of those like, but you don't just have like spiders. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting choice. Spiders are in folklore a lot. That's a short answer. <laughs> that is a short answer. <laughs> there, we did it. There, we did, we did it. it. Uh, I mean, well, like you had said before, which we'll get into in the science part of all of this, is yes. like, there's probably different kinds of mythological stories about spiders just about everywhere mm-hmm. because there are spiders just, just about, about everywhere. everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny how there's... And there's a lot of, like, when you go through the different mythology, you find a lot of different trends when it comes to, like, how they're depicted. Very rarely are they depicted in a positive light, let's be honest, which certainly sort of translates in through D&D. With, like, Lolth being evil, the drow yeah. kind of like going there's no path. there's no good spider in D and D as far as I know. 
Not really. The worst, the best you get is like neutral. the tiny spider that's neutral because yeah, it's or like just unaligned. an animal. Or unaligned. Or unaligned because it's, it's an just animal. An animal, yeah. So they're typically. Well, I shouldn't say that they're not depicted. They're rarely depicted like altogether positive. Mm-hmm. Usually, but uh, oftentimes they are often depicted as weavers. Oftentimes, weavers of fate is mm-hmm. a is a thing, which of course makes sense because of all the, the the. Words, no, the uh, the silk and whatnot. <laughs> oh yeah, no, the, the how they how they build their webs. So like know? an example of that is the ancient Sumerian goddess Utu. Mm-hmm. That's U two T's and then a U again. Famous for being put onto iPods and no one wanting it. Sure. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I dare you. <laughs> it's true. It, it's it's there was yeah. a whole thing. We'll it was it. a whole thing, kids. But just look it up. Wikipedia is out there. Oh, uh, stuff. Uh, yeah, envisioned as a spider that was spinning her webs. According to myth, she was the daughter of the water god Enki. Uh, I'm not going to go into more about her story, because when you start to get into ancient mythology, there's a lot of stuff in there that's just, yeah, she was not treated well. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. And on top of that, so much of it is like, is it really what was in original text? Is it things we've pieced together? I mean, that is, that's also is layers. Although like I think when you... Other myths. When you talk about some of the stuff that's would today be considered problematic about, like, ancient... Oh, yeah. That's probably accurate. It's just that, you know, we have different, you know... Views. We, we have different views and we've evolved past that stuff. Back in the day, it was pretty rough for most people. So mm-hmm. it's understandable that, the, that a lot of mythology reflects that sort of thing. The story that I think always, always sort of epitomizes it the most is in Greek mythology, you get the story of Arachne, Mm -hmm. which, of course, is where we get the word Arachnid from. And so the short version of that is that she was the daughter of, I'm going to, I hope I pronounce this uh, correctly, daughter of Idmon of Colophon in Lydia. Sure. I think so. That's in his Sounds right. The idea is that he... It's all Greek to me. he, He is all Greek to me. He was a maker of purple dye. Mm-hmm. Right, which, which back in the day that was a big deal. Yeah, historically, purple dye is the one of the most difficult, which is why it's associated to royalty. Is that it was right. exceedingly difficult to make and therefore very expensive. Right, and they sort of use that as a shorthand in, in a lot of the stories when they're talking about here. Is like this, this was like, a person yeah. that had some wealth. Yeah. But the also the other thing was that as a result, she was she was exceptional, exceptionally good weaver. Now, as often happens in Greek stories. Greek, the Greek mortals end up having lots of hubris. Sure. So Arachne decides, because she's not only a good weaver, she actually knows that she's a good weaver. Right. So she decides to challenge Athena. Hey, I can weave something better than you. Yes, the actual goddess. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Classically, this has always turned out to be a good, good decision. Right. Uh, at that moment, she knew she fucked up. She had <laughs> fucked up. She fucked up royally. So, Especially because like, of all the gods you could pick, like there are some that would be like, ha-ha, let's go for it. And Athena would just literally kill you for even suggesting such. So a lot of the time. They have this competition. They both weave their tapestries. And Athena ends up weaving this tapestry that sort of depicts her defeat of Ares and sort of what made her the patron god of Athens, right. so to speak which is what you typically depict on tapestries in the time. And then Arachne basically decides to weave a tapestry that basically illustrates why Greek gods suck in total, which 
basically everyone was like, well, she's not wrong. And Athena was like, yeah, I know she's not wrong. And clearly it's better than me. But fuck her. Athena basically tore the whole thing to pieces, her, her tapestry. Mm-hmm. And Arachne was in such despair that she ends up hanging herself. And then Athena, out of pity, and we really have to say this in air quotes, out of pity says, oh, I feel so bad for you. I'm going to bring you back to life. As a spider. Because I really don't feel that bad about it. Like, you get to live, but that's about as far as I can go. The, yeah. the original plastic. Like, if, if you if you got the Mean Girls kind of thing going. It's yeah, just like, exactly. Alright, look, I, I pity you enough that, like, you can sit here. Don't mess with Athena is basically the, the thesis of that statement. Now, the other thing that is interesting, and this... I, you find in a lot of a lot of stories in Africa, a lot of stories in Native American cultures, is spiders depicted as tricksters. Yeah, because I was looking at so Dr. Nettie Okorafor, yes. who is African futurism author, uh, does a lot of things from Nigerian Igbo culture. I was looking at something she was just writing where Anansi is the only trickster spider god. Right. In African culture, but then there are other spider gods, right? Which are kind of neutral, like a little bit. The Igbo one is um, Udide, who yeah. is a storyteller, and it's like kind of that weaver of fate sort of thing. But she weaves the story of folks' lives. Dr. Corfor puts it in some of her books on like the how she's very scary, <laughs> like right. the size of a house, scary. And that they sort of seem like she's kind of presented as fate in a bit, like neutral, just sort of watches mortals and how they interact with each other and how the different webs of fate and how, like, basically that six degrees of separation where everything's connected in a different way. They also refer to as Spider the Artist. I know then there is, which you had done some research on Anansi, right? Right. Well, Anansi is also, he's... Not he. Uh, I, I, I believe it, it's the multi-gender. Yeah, it's um, like a they, yeah. Comes from Ashanti, uh, Ashanti people. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, Anansi is often depicted as a storyteller as well. And in fact, I think, don't quote me on this, but I think this, the stories that Anansi comes from are called like the spider stories, I think. Something that like that. That sounds right. Because like, I believe yeah, Anansi yeah. Is, is the Ashanti word for spider. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, often depicted... Depicted yeah. as tricksters, but it, it's important to know that the, the notion of trickster as we know it in the modern context is not the way people used to refer to characters as tricksters, mm-hmm. because we, we have to moralize everything yeah. nowadays. Yeah, because it's the, a beloved figure in, Ghani, in Ghanaian folklore. So yes. in Ghana and West African right. gods. Right, yeah, which Ghanaian. is where a lot yep. of the Ashanti... So, takes the shape of a spider is considered to be the god of all knowledge of stories. So there's that sort of idea with stories that come around. Also known as Ananse, Kawaku, Ananse, and Anansi. And in the southern United States, he evolved Aunt. into... Aunt Nancy. Aunt Nancy, yes. Yes. That also feeds into like a lot of the other things, like when they changed a lot of the Yoruba gods into saints, because heaven forbid our slaves get to worship the the religion that they used that they are yeah, used to. The, the colonization right. and mm-hmm. or slave mm-hmm. trade and or 
how do we put this into a context that we can allow? Yeah, exactly. That we're we're not coming in and just crushing this. Oh no, but... that's that no no that's not Allegra. That's Saint such and such. Yeah. That yeah. You know, that's why Saint we, Allegra. Saint Allegra. That's why we. Patron that's why Saint we, of allergy season. Yeah, that's why we built that shrine. So yes, it's fine. It, no, obviously not. The spider is trickster is sort of more well-known from those African roots, you know, mm-hmm. things like Anansi. But there's actually also a few Native American traditions that have spiders as tricksters as well. Like the Lakota have, what is the name? Unktomi. It's U-N-K-T-O-M-I. But there's like, it's a character that has a bunch of different names that also has a lot of stories involved with them that are tricksters. To me, it's it's interesting because it doesn't feel immediately intuitive, the idea of a spider as a trickster. Sure. Not right away. Except then, but then when I think about it, the way, the, way I, the way I rationalize it is like, yes, they're hunters, but the way they hunt people, or at least how uh, humans perceive them to as hunt. hunters, is they lay a trap for somebody, which is very tricksy. Right. If you think about it. So they're laying this trap for you. So the idea of this spider maybe laying a trap with words instead of with a web sort of makes sense to me. And, and like you said, I mean, the, the whole trickster concept, too. Like, we have this concept of, like, a prankster or someone that, like, it's not necessarily directly always harmful, but it, it, well, there's oftentimes, embarrassment. There's all these, it has a lot of connotations to it that are fairly negative, but it's like, it was really more of, like, they were just a different type of teacher, like they no, would well, teach was, you through embarrassment that was the or thing, through yeah, trials. You, it was you're supposed to be learning a lesson, not and, just. And the best way to learn, haha, drop water on you. Yeah, the best way to learn a lesson is to fuck up and go. Okay, what did we learn? Yeah. Now what have we learned? Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm sort of looking at some of these Anansi stories, and then some of them of Anansi being a trickster is tricking other gods. Yes. Out of knowledge or things of that right. nature, and right. then sharing it with. Other people, are and that's the other connotation. Like, a lot of times with with trickster gods is like right. your Prometheus, your Loki, your you're, tr- you're, you're tricking, yeah, you're mm-hmm. tricking other gods into like giving up territory or powers or knowledge that then is gifted to someone else, mm-hmm. yeah, or that they are doing it to like gain an upper hand, but they're doing it not just for the power; they're doing it to save someone, right. to profess their love somehow. Like it's tricking, but it's there's yeah it feels like there should be a different term. yeah that, yeah it's not uh well i mean no that's more it's more because again we sort of we've got a connotation to we've it. we've applied a, a modern context has applied a different connotation to the word trickster yeah. marvel didn't help with their depiction of loki obviously no. so which is a somewhat fair depiction of loki but goes they took the name and sort of like Here's here's the MBTI like the God personality type. Yeah, exactly. And like the byline and the name, and they're like, yeah, he's Thor's brother. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah no, that's right. That'll work. <clears throat> yeah. So, the other thing that I that just was interesting to me, and it's it is interesting first because again, it's one of the few times that spiders are depicted in a positive light, <laughs> but it's also it's such such a, a specific sort of tall tale and like fable thing that occurs with spiders in multiple different cultures and it's the idea of someone is running away from somebody being chased by somebody and they jump into a cave or an attic or a basement or something 
that has one egress, one entrance and exit, and then immediately after they go, they go through there, a spider comes along and spins a little web right across the, the door, and then that person shows up and is looking for the person that they're chasing and goes, well, they can't be in there because a spider just put they a web up. They would have torn up the spider web if they'd they gone They would have torn there. up the spider web if they have gone in there. So we got to keep going. And then they go away. And it's just such a specific notion of like the spider as a protector because they spun this web at just the right moment. And sometimes but, it's almost accidental. Yes, but well, the thing is, is like, Often when you find, because you find it in Islam, there's a there's a mm-hmm. story about Muhammad being chased from somebody. There's a story about Martin Luther when he was being chased by the Catholic Church. There, there's, which, God, it, it, uh, you want to talk about like semi-modern, putting modern next to modern Luther seems almost weird. But in this context of like folklore and fairy tales, it's relatively modern, like, there's so many stories about Martin Luther that sound like a Paul Bunyan or like... Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. They're tall tales. The, yeah, they the feel tall like, tale, tall, like tall tales. Yeah. Common the John Henry and the Railroad Spike kind of thing. Yeah. Like, so many things with Martin Luther sound like that. David yeah. being chased by King Saul is another example. There's another right. example of him going into a, a somewhere and then a spider. And yeah, it's, it's like, the, like having a serpent show up in, in mythology. It's like, why does this image of like someone being pursued enters a place, yeah. a spider in the rapidest spider web building ever in existence, Yeah, coats this door, and like sometimes it is literally just like a standard spider web, but a lot of times it is like a, like it is just walled up, like yeah. cartoon bricklaying like of this, spider web. Like this spider produced a l- l- way more silk than it should be able to in a very this, short amount of time. This tiny spider ate an entire cow and yep. produced webbing from it. Like, it just, just... Wow, this is amazing. <laughs> it must be so tired. Yes, it must be right? so incredibly like tired. If, if a spider I mean, did that, quick, it would die. But, yeah. They're quick, but they're not that quick. Like, yeah. spiders generally are building webs in, like, minutes. Yeah. But it does, if but you think about chase, it. But in a chase, it's like, they would not have time to, to plug a doorway. And then the thing I was going to say is, like, because it's often depicted in these very re- in religious, religious contexts, yeah. it's never like, oh, look at this wonderfully random thing that occurred it's always like look what god did to say you know to help his his, his, his prophet yeah you know and, and and all that stuff which maybe but it's just but so why funny. that image and why in it's so just, many places that's the thing it's just such a specific image that proliferates so much that it's really it's just it's interesting to me that that it's it's like it's like the crab of storytelling of devices, storytelling devices right. of like it just the spider. happening. The spider has saved you with its tricksy webs. Spider crab of the land. Cry crab of the story. Spider so crab of stories. Yeah, crab there's of the story. there's the episode start there title. You go. Spider yep. crab we of stories. Brought it back again. Oh no. Well, you know we had to. I know. And, and honestly, sense. like you know, on top of having our Norwegian black metal band, it's like there is like that J-pop band. It's just spider. And their first album is Crab of Stories. Like, that That seems like it would track. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Do yeah. we have... A lot of mileage on that one. Do we have any more folklore or D&D-related history we want to talk about well, spiders? Well, I did want to talk a little bit about specifically giant spiders. All right. Tell me since sp- Since giant spiders are really indicative to D&D specifically. But you have... And those, of course, are pulled a lot of times from, like, your... Shelob or like the spiders in Mirkwood. Well, so the interesting thing is, even before that, so one of the things I did find out, this is sort of an interesting idea in and of itself. It's the earliest known work of science fiction mm-hmm. in Western literature. 
which is it's a second century satirical novel <laughs> called A True Story by Lucian of Samosata. Now the interesting thing about this story is so second century, so it's it's not ancient Greece, but late period. It's, like it's late period. 180. Right. And the idea was that Lucian was basically fed up with how all of the other Greek authors were presenting these very outlandish stories as absolutely true. Yeah. Right? I, I have gone into the cave and seen shadows. Yeah, and I have, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, the Iliad is presented to you as if, like, this actually happened. Yeah, I sat down with Odysseus and right. just, you know, and just, and banged just out an old war series. So yeah. Lucian, because he was fed up with all of that, wrote this satirical novel called A True Story, in which he states, at the very beginning of the novel, everything you're about to read is a lie. Right. It is just a straight, bald-faced lie. Rod Serling, everything you're about to see is entirely real. And because I'm telling you it's the lie, it's actually truer than everything else you've ever read. Sure. And then proceeds to tell this very bizarre story, which is essentially considered the first science fiction. Because it's like, you like there's like parts of it where you like... actually, there there is a one part where there's a battle between the people of the moon and the people of the earth. And people are riding, amongst other things, giant spiders. Yeah, that, that tracks. So it's like one of the first... So like giant spiders coming from the moon sort of thing or... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, it's buried in within like a whole bunch of other very outlandish... But it's sure. like that was the point. Yeah. It was it was done that way on purpose. And again, of all the things you come up with, you're like, I don't know what's in the room. Uh, spider. Uh, we're going to do spider. We're going to do giant Horse-sized. Spider. It's a horse-sized spider, you know. So 16th century Chinese novel, arguably one of the most influential folk novels ever, Journey to the West have a copy in the other room yeah which has which has a bunch of different stories oh, yeah, about huge. the buddhist monk there's a lot of reputation in journey to the west because it's a big one and well and it's also like it's very much the form and and yep. of the era that like in order to emphasize a point it would be repeated a certain number of times and exactly. there's like a layout to the stories like there's, so, a, there's an entire framework that you have to understand before you could really even read it as a western reader one of the things that is repetitive in it is how the the Buddhist monk in the story keeps getting captured by something or someone, and then the his students have to figure out some way to go get him. Yeah, just constantly, constantly. And and in one of those stories, there is actually he's trapped by a giant spider in a cave. And so those those are sort of the earliest depictions of specifically giant spiders. But then there's Tolkien, and that's really where like D and D pulls from, and then you get well, not just that, sort of like the modern conscious conscious idea of a giant spider yeah so you, i mean you it's starting right, you know right in the hobbit and i'm sure because again you know those who don't know their tolkien history well i'm, I'm sorry yeah, right. <laughs> not everyone's a massive tolkien nerd like you the, the hobbit was literally really? <laughs> like a story for his kids like, yeah yeah, yeah. purely just like we're gonna tell a bedtime story and in his letters he even talks about like the only reason i even wrote it down is the damn kids kept correcting me right yeah it's like, oh, you, you said... No, that, but you that, said it was this, Daddy. Thorin had a, a blue cloak with a silver tassel, and then tonight you said a green cloak with a gold tassel. He's like, son of a bitch, kids, writing it down. Shut up and take your talc. Or whatever. <laughs> enjoy your cod liver oil. <laughs> Shut up and enjoy your cod liver. Damn um, kids. Whole cod livers. Yeah. <laughs> Jamming them. Jam down the throat. 
I'll uh, knock you out. Yeah, old British, old-timey <laughs> remedies. Oh, wow. You take your vitamins, kids. You know, I, think we may have gone, I think we may have gone off a weird, weird tangent. Yeah, that's about normal. The thing with The Hobbit is, right away, it's like, okay, you got to have a scary section, but you can't have it too scary. Sure. So they get captured by uh, spiders. Spiders freak kids out. Sure. But, like, you can get away from a spider, bugs right. get away, you knock the webs down, everything's great. And that's actually, with the Ettercap, the given reason for that name is from Addercop, that was like an epithet used by Bilbo against the spiders when he's That's invisible. That's right. I, I did forget that. he's about like that. toying with them and he just starts making up like presumably either nonsense words or knowing Tolkien it either is some old Norse thing or something just completely made up. It's hard to say. But yeah, it was all these like just vicious names that the spiders were like were intelligent enough to speak and like capture people in their sleep but then are aggravated by someone sing-songing nonsense words at them. Like, it's just very... Again, it's a kid's story. Right? It, doesn't ha- it doesn't have to get away from that, that belief. But then later, when you get into the Silmarillion, Lord of the Rings, you start getting well, your Shelobs well, that's, and your yeah, Ungoliants that's, that's, that's the thing. Is they like, come from somewhere. So they, so they start with the spiders in the Mirkwood, which, like you said, is like... It's a danger, but it's not necessarily... Oh, and the thing is, like, the dwarves get get bitten, and it doesn't liquefy their innards the way a spider generally does. They're just we, put to sleep. We will also talk about that. Yes. <laughs> like, spider venom is not just like, oh, you take a nice nap, and then you wake up, and you're hungover. Like, yeah. that's not how spider venom typically works. But then Lord of the Rings comes around, and now it's... No, it's a real thing. Then like, we got Shelob. Then we got Shelob, and... Who is a literal, like, demon spider right. from the equivalent of Middle-earth's hell. Right. And, and again, that's where we get things like Lolth, presumably, is right. Shelob and Ungoliant, these, like, big, plotting, well, then that, evil spiders well, and that's from the, the depths thing is, of is, below. Is like, because then when you... It, it's sort of like a game of one-upsmanship with himself, because yeah. it goes, goes from the Mirkwood to Shelob, which is definitely worse. But then in the Silmarillion, it's like, wait, but what if we talk about her mother? Yeah. <laughs> oh, snap! Oh, snap. And then, because then you get into Ungoliant, which is essentially a god, let's be yeah. honest. Ungoliant like, was, was the Yomama so fat that came true. Yeah, like... Because it was like, Shelob, the greatest of spiders. Ungoliant was like, ha ha, Shelob, you're so cute. You're so Allow cute. me to devour an island kind let, of thing. Let me, like, let me go drain this tree of the celestial light that it yeah. is filled with. Like, I have devoured literal divinity. Yeah, the folks, if you haven't read The Silmarillion, it gets ridiculous. Uh, it's a long read. It's effectively a history book for a world that doesn't exist. Yes. But it is the raddest damn history book if you go into it with that perspective. As long as you don't try to remember all of the elf names. Oh, God, no. <laughs> don't. Because just, guess just, what? Just Tolkien wrote it. He didn't remember it He didn't all, remember it all. Which just, is why Glorfindel comes up twice. Just, 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 who may or may not have been the same person, he couldn't decide. He, and he, he wrote the damn character so, twice. Yeah. But then you have like your Aragogs in your your Harry Potter, which are very clearly a nod to right, exactly. Shelob yeah, and, no, exactly. and, and kind. Yeah, like I I feel like they existed to a certain extent before Tolkien, but then Tolkien is the one that really solidified. And, and Tolkien is like a myth mythographer, I guess is probably the term. Yeah, someone in a who's sense. like well, his whole collected stories, and he wanted to create the British epic. Exactly, he felt Beowulf was not really it. That it, it was too, especially in its original format, which he did perform a translation of. I'm not surprised. And it's considered one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. There's you know, eight or ten major ones out there, and then lots and lots of smaller ones, like most sure. things that have been translated. Correct. And you know, his whole thing is he's like, I like the Iliad, that, you know, true or not, 
you know, second century science fiction writer. Yeah, true or not, the Iliad is is the Greek tale. You know, the right. the Inferno and, and Paradiso and such are Rome's version of the same. Yeah. These great societies, here we are, the British Empire, and again, despite being the 1900s, you know, there's a lot of imperialism still happening in that, that era right. in yeah. Tolkien's early days. It is still the British Empire. It is still globe-spanning. Right. And, like, today, technically, it spans the globe thanks to tiny islands of the Pacific. But beyond that, like, the British Empire is not what it once was. But in the but early yeah, 1900s, it was Colonialism massive. was still very much a thing in their brains. And so it's this... And it's certainly reflected in some aspects of Lord of the Rings. Oh, absolutely. And there's some nods against imperialism and modern mechanization and some other things that... Sure. Tolkien disavowed to his deathbed. It's not trying to put a, a masking layer on, like, a world war sort of thing. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this is not this a... This is not a commentary. This is not a commentary right. in World War. Like, this is just... Which, listen, he can say that, but that doesn't mean he's actually admitting admitting anything. So. Well, and I mean, most... He is British, after all. Most authorial criticism occurs long after the authors are dead, and people make up a lot of symbolism that may or may not be there. Yeah. Right. Welcome to English literature. Or... But... Even if you didn't intend it, doesn't mean it's not part of. Yeah, your, it's 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 it's. Listen, brain, you, listen. If you didn't go to a culture. therapist, it's possible it's still bubbling up to the surface. Even if anyway. you did, you know. Like even if, if you did, did. The, like you said, it brought it into the modern light of like I want to have this epic for yep. England. Yeah. And so it's this vaguely British kind of sort of could have been a, a historical past of Earth, but not quite. Yeah. It was never really clear. And again, and in the, that, his and whole in, thing was the language. That, he codified the idea of like. Wow, big spiders are scary. Yeah, big spiders suck. Because like, there are entire chapters that are just, there's a big damn spider and we have to deal with it. And we have to deal with it. Which is not not altogether an illogical idea. No. Now that we get into the science of spiders, I've, talk about I've, that for a segue. I appreciate, I appreciate you. So Slap two actually, wheels and a gyroscope on it. It's a segue. It's so a actually, segue. we're going to cut the first half of the episode off here. Right? Oh! Let everybody know. And we'll oh, like, snap. Oh, snap. And then we'll start talking about the science of spooters. Spooters. So thank you very much. Oh, sneezy. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or you have any suggestions of topics that we should cover in the future, please tweet those at us at, at nat20pod or email them to us at natural20podcast at gmail.com. Also, if you would like any of your adventures in your own D&D games about different creatures that you had fun with, please submit those stories to us and we will feature them at the beginning of our next podcast in our creature feature. We would like to thank Embers Tide for our intro and outro music. We would like to thank Burnham with three M's for our beautiful profile and banner artwork. We would also like to thank Shadow Dunn for listening to all of the rough drafts of our podcast. He listens to our mistakes, so you don't have to. And, as always, keep rolling a natural 20.